Thank you, Dan. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Uh, hello, everybody. Thanks for coming tonight. Um, as Dan said earlier, we are going to be uh, talking about uh, social media. And the title for today's uh, or tonight's presentation is Challenging Economy, Digital World. As Dan mentioned, I'm a partner with DLA Piper, uh, primarily practicing environmental and real estate law. And um, my practice focuses primarily on transactional work, so it's a little bit of background on me. Um, I'll be the moderator tonight, and we have a distinguished panel here. Um, I'm going to introduce them one by one. First, we have Anna Marie Buckman. And Anna Marie is a senior consultant with Great Lakes, uh, with the Great Lakes office of RHR International, the world's oldest and largest group of PhD man management psychologists in the world. Her expertise in the assessment, development, and coaching of execu executives at the senior level has enabled individuals to grow to their full potential enhancing their business effectiveness and value to the organization. She will be sharing with us recent thinking on leadership in times of uncertainty. Next, we have Andy Swindler, who many of you know. Andy is president of Aztec Consulting, which provides interactive web marketing services, including design, development, email, and social media marketing. He is an active member of Cornet Global Chicago Chapter through communications and emerging leaders programs. And last but not least, we have someone else who many of you know, Margie Sweeney, who is Vice President and Head of the Chicago Office of Bliss Public Relations, a New York-based PR firm. Bliss specializes in corporate communications, PR, and business-to-business -business social media services for financial professional services and real estate organizations. Yeah. Uh, Margie is a recent Cornet Global uh, Chicago Chapter Executive Committee member and has worked in the corporate real estate industry since the early 1990s. So welcome all the panelists. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I think we're going to start out by doing a little situation analysis just to kind of set the stage a little for the panel to come and the breakout sessions to follow later. Um, I mean, let's start out by just saying it's really no secret that we're facing the most challenging economy in decades. Um, you know, virtually every industry has suffered in some way or another, but some more than others. Uh, the real estate industry has been hit especially hard. Many have lost jobs and others are feeling insecure. Even those in relatively secure positions are wondering what the future holds. So this is a time of great uncertainty, but it's also a, a time of opportunity. For many, this economic train wreck has been a wake-up call to improve their professional network, whether it be to find a new job or to develop new business to keep their current job and expand opportunities. Bottom line, connections and relationships are essential, and networking is the key to creating, developing, and maintaining those relationships. The current economy can be viewed as both a curse and a blessing. It's a curse because there's very little security and jobs are being lost and people are hurting all over. But if you can set that aside for a moment, you can also see that it's a blessing because at a time when networking is so incredibly important, there's never been, there have never been better tools available and readily accessible for virtually anyone to use to connect with others and network and build relationships. So on a macro level, this challenging economy and the new digital world create a watershed moment for the corporate real estate community to build on what it's always done best, and that's build relationships and demonstrate the value that the real estate function contributes to corporate America. For tonight's program, we're going to start out with some introductory thoughts from each of our panelists, followed by a quick 10-minute panel discussion, which will then be followed by several breakout sessions on the main topics. 
um, LinkedIn and Facebook, Twitter, and Leadership in Times of Uncertainty. So with that uh, relatively brief introduction, um, I'm going to kick it over to Anna, Mar Anna Marie to talk about leadership in times of uncertainty. Thanks, Adam. Um, all of you are facing employees who are dealing with the uncertainty and that we, each of us in our own way, are facing. And that calls upon you, whether you have a formal leadership position or an informal leadership position, such as a project manager or whatever, uh, to use what we call the softer side of management. And the softer skills are actually somewhat harder. Um, but it's important, and you're probably, as, as I'm talking, think about what you're seeing as signs of stress and anxiety. And this is very normal to see that in you and your employees at this time. And that requires us all to exercise leadership in some ways that may be different from what you're used to doing. We found in, in our working with clients that we see people acting in fairly predictable ways when there's a lot of stress, especially in, in a time like we're facing right now. And you're going to see things like lack of focus, decreased productivity, heightened conflict, uh, use of the rumor mill, more gossip, uh, more silo mentality, less communication, people protecting turf, increased paranoia, lack of motivation, increased sick leave, things like that, and maybe some emotional outbursts, sometimes minor, sometimes more major. So does that seem familiar to what you're experiencing sometimes? Okay. And these are very typical. You're not going to be able to eliminate them, but you can mitigate them. And there are four principles that we use, and we'll talk in more depth in the breakout groups. But the first is to inform, and that's about communication. You don't have to wait until you have a very carefully crafted message but you have to kind of seize the moment and be there sharing information. It's a time when people are very hungry, very eager, very needy for information and guidance. And think about your own ex experience. If you're not getting information, you kind of fill in the blanks. And so our advice is communicate early and often. Otherwise, people are going to start rumors, and the rumors can get pretty outrageous, and you can have a lot of really upset folks. Tell the truth. Don't overpromise. You have to be credible. Tell it like you see it. Um, share information. Emphasize that the period you're going through is, is, is a kind of a marathon of change. It's, not, it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. So our advice is to plan, reflect, and be deliberative. Use as many venues as you can. Disseminate facts. You want people to find out from you before they find out from other um, sources. And, and be humble and be honest. The second tenant we advise is to connect. And this is really a little more subtle. But you, you kind of can't define it, but you see it when it's there and you know when it's not. It's really the emotional reaching out when you come across as genuine or trustworthy. And people will do what you need to them to do right now if they feel you're trustworthy. They do it for you as much as for the organization. So. You want to be the credible source of information rather than the water cooler or the grapevine or whatever it is in your particular environment. This is the time to really practice the MBWA, management by walking around. You know, a lot of times managers, because they don't have information, will sort of be in the barracks or be in the bunker. You can't do that. You have to be out there. You have to be available. You have to stop and talk to people. Um, and you also have to be human. It's okay to say, you know, I don't have all the answers either. I'm feeling stressed out. Use your own networks. That's not being weak. That's being human. That says this is somebody I can relate to. And this is someone who gets it. 
if you don't do that, they don't think you really quite understand. It's also an opportunity to look for opportunity to look for ways to celebrate even little successes or little 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 things that mean something. It's also a time to reinforce the use of resources that you have within your organization, typically HR. People want to know about benefits. They want to know about various policies. They may even start to be thinking about what happens if I lose my job. What are resources that are available to me? And the more you can be candid in sharing that, the better. The next point we raise is to be a good guide. This is when people need to have more clear direction. And it sometimes really means that you might have to manage more directly than you're used to. In other words, if you're used to a softer sort of uh, let's build consensus time, this is maybe a time when that doesn't operate and you have to be more direct. The, the important thing is to be very clear in stating expectations, helping help people understand what you may ask them to do that's the same, to continue doing, doing differently, stop doing. And that gets to how you manage the change process. At RHR we have a model that's very simple, it's called the head, heart, and hands. And in times like this, people may understand cognitively or intellectually what they need to do differently, but where they really get caught up is what's, this, what's in it for me? How do I feel about it? I don't like doing things differently. We're just perfectly fine. We've always done it that way. Well, you may be asking them to do things differently for a good reason, but you have to really connect with them in order for the, to motivate people to embrace that change. And finally, then you get the behavioral change. You also have to make very clear what your expectations are and manage that change process and hold people accountable. Doesn't mean because people are upset you don't expect them to perform. You still have to get your business done. And finally, you have to unite a group. And the workplace is a very important community for most of us. For some people, it's the most important community indeed. It may take the place of family for some. So you have to really revisit the values and the mission of your organization and if you believe in that organization you really can use that to help bind people, um, have fun, also encourage kind of a winning mindset that we're going to get through this together. And celebrate who you are as a business community. Emphasize the connectedness Keep in touch with your customers. That's both your internal and your external customers, whether or not you're doing business with them. Because hopefully people are going to remember that when things get better. And when you've been with them during the tough times, they're going to um, um, be with you when times get better. As leaders, you also need to show the way by modeling behavior that you want others to follow. And social media, that's the segue. You probably wondered why we're talking about leadership. And okay. As a leader, you may have to engage in new behaviors. As I look around the room, I see various generations. Those of us who have been a little more seasoned uh, may not be as familiar or as comfortable with some of the new techniques of social media. And by practicing that and modeling that yourself, you can help other people who and learn from them. The younger employees in the workplace are going to be much more adept. We can kind of, it's, it's the learning from and learning how to use and embrace these new uh, avenues and new communities. And that's something Margie's going to help us understand how we can best use the social media. I'm really happy to see people here that are you know, of all of the ages that we have in the workplace because when we first started talking about doing an event where we would talk about social media, 
a lot of people said, well, that's an emerging leaders thing. You know, that's going to be for the for the younger people in the group. And you know, d depending on which way you translate my age, I can either go up or down. But <laughs> you know, but you know, it, to that point, I remember getting my first email address. And I also remember working at a real estate developer where everybody came to me because I was the one with the email address, <laughs> the one person in the company. And at that point, email and doing internet research were thought of as very functional things that weren't something that everyone in the company did. I mean, they were out there doing deals and they were worrying about uh, space plans and getting, you know, getting the buildings built, you know, that sort of thing. They weren't worrying about that email stuff. <laughs> and that was that was the attitude. Those were the good days. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, were... good days or not, Rick. <laughs> it's uh, here I'm we sure. are. Yep. <laughs> and I've seen you on your BlackBerry as much as anybody else. <laughs> 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 yes, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, the point is that the way that a lot of us are, you know, either last year at this time or now or, you know, we, we're looking at social media, things like LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or blogging. We're looking at that as something that maybe someone else in our organization is doing or that we have an expert who's advising us on. And what it will become over the next few years is something that we're all doing every day. And we're not going to separate it out, right? This year, you know, if, if you're here, you, you've seen this as a, you know, program on social media that was one of probably, you know, 20 or 25 that you could have attended because there's so many seminars on social media right now. You can go and find, you know, the how to blog or how to do Twitter or, you know, how to do many, many things. And what, what I think that everyone needs to realize is that it's, a, it's another tool for doing business. It's another tool to achieve your personal career objectives, to achieve your corporate objectives, and it's really, you need to look at it the way you would look at anything else, and is that, how can I accomplish things with this? Um, you know, I, corporate real estate to me and, and social media are not two things that are at either end of the spectrum. They really, they fit well together, we're relationship builders, that's what we do in this business, and that's what social media does, and we just need to put the two and two together. You know, we need to make it all fit and, and figure it out. Um, one way that I would, you know, I'm going to, it, when, when I pass the baton to, to Andy here, he's going to talk about specific tools. He's going to talk about LinkedIn versus Twitter and, and your technology strategy and your social media strategy. What I want to make sure everybody goes away with is that corporate real estate and social media do make sense but within, you know, this great community that we're in, it's going to make sense in a different way to all of us. And so your journey to find what works for you is, is just that. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. And, you know, you're not going to be able to do exactly what someone else in the group says they're doing. You know, it's very, it's very much a community-based thing. If something works for someone, listen to people, test things out, figure out what works. But it, you are going to have to assess each way that you engage in social media in, in a way that says, okay, what, how is this part of my serious business strategy? Um, one way that I think is most poignant for corporate real estate that, that where social media and corporate real estate come together is that social media is an amazing way to share thought leadership. Whether you think you're a thought leader or not, most of the people in this room have ideas and have forward-looking ideas that would be helpful to someone else in the industry, 
Either it's something you've tested inside your company and it worked well, or it is a piece of thinking that you've done and prepared and have a white paper that you want to share with the world. For, you know, for service providers, it's all of those you know, great ideas that you want the corporate real estate executives to, to hear. And for corporate real estate executives, it's you know, putting yourself out there and saying, this is something I did and what worked. What worked for the rest of you? And actually engaging with the right people so that those help you to show the value to your organization that, frankly, in this economy, you're under so much pressure to do. So... Um, all, all that being said, I think what I'd, what I'd like everyone to leave everyone with are a couple things that uh, your mother probably told you growing up, <laughs> and that I think if you keep them in your mind as you explore social media, they will help you as you kind of sort through all the noise that's out there to try to find the strategy for you. Um, the first one is you get what you give. Um, very, social media is a dynamic community. It is not a website that you build and is just out there. It's you will put your thinking out there, you will engage with people, and to the extent that you spend time and that, you know, you get on LinkedIn and you recommend people and you look for connections and you find people that you worked with 10 years ago, then people will start finding you. It's, it's an investment and it does come back. Um, don't try to be everything to all people. You know, if you are, like, let's take the architecture field as an example. If you're an architect... Don't try to forward every last you know, article that you find about design. You'll, you'll spend 24 hours a day doing it. You know, there's, a, there's a big world out there about people talking about design. You know, if you have a specialty, put it out there. Be knowledgeable within that specialty. You know, if you focus on the public sector, then in, in your presence on social media, talk to people about the public sector. If tall buildings are what you design, talk about tall buildings. You know, it's, it, it's very important to reinforce your personal brand in that way because there is, in some, sometimes there is so much chatter, there's so much sort of noise in the social media universe, it's extremely important to be true to your own brand. Um, and the last thing that I want to emphasize is if you do something, do it well. You know, don't try 10 strategies and not follow up on them. It's like I said, these are all things that your mother told you <laughs> and, and right, that I'm telling my daughters. So, uh, but these are just a few things that will do really kind of help cut through it. So on, on the, but on the topic of if you do something, do it well, I think Andy is going to talk about how you do that. Thanks Margie. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that's a great way to frame this whole discussion because uh, what I see a lot of just in my day to day is, is people really focusing on the tools first and uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with being interested in the tools or maybe trying to explore, uh, but it is very easy to get distracted. We've probably all been there, you know, with, with, with blogs or Twitter or, you know, whatever you're engaged in. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, the important thing is to kind of take a step back. Uh, and, and the tools, what we call this is shiny object syndrome, right? So, <laughs> so, so when there's a shiny object over here, you, you want to, you know, it's, it's, it's really attractive, but you got to kind of take a step back, think about the strategy, Think about what you're trying to accomplish with the tool, and and then really look at what the tool does and and how it might actually help you accomplish that, uh, which seems obvious, but but when it's really really shiny, it's not it's not always obvious. Uh, so you know, finding the right fit for your business, you know, one of the greatest things that that these tools uh, provide uh, is the is just uh, the fact that they're so inexpensive, often free. Uh, you know, so rather than 
you know, spending a lot of money uh, necessarily uh, for marketing and advertising and all of this, uh, it's changing. You know, it's becoming more about thought leadership and it's becoming more about, uh, you know, developing your network and, and turning these things into, you know, tangible results. And, you know, if that's business leads, uh, you know, whatever business you're in, again, strategically, the, the tool you use for the business you're in and the thing you're trying to accomplish varies considerably. Uh, but the but the key thing is, you know, I have also have a lot of people come to me and say, well, I heard social media was cheap. You know, how do, how do I press the, the, the social media button? You know, where is it? Um, well, there isn't one. Uh, and, and it's, and it's Wait, true. Can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> so Actually, I've got it right under the table. <laughs> um, and so the important thing to, to recognize is that while there may be a low cost to entry and, you know, you can set up a blog painlessly for free, you could set up your Twitter account for free, you can join LinkedIn, all of these things. Uh, what it really costs you is a, a fair amount of time. And, you know, if you're going to engage in blogging, especially, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, just writing the material you need, you need for the blog, uh, you know, interacting with other bloggers, uh, you know, it, it, it can end up taking a bit more time. Uh, so that's, that's the trade-off. And uh, that's not to say don't do it, but that's to say, uh, again, with the tools, you know, it's better to engage in one or two or maybe even three tools, uh, you know, or, or channels than, than to try to do everything. Because you want to do a deep dive, you want to really, you know, dig in and invest, uh, you know, and, it, and we all have limited time, obviously. Uh, so, you know, invest what time you have in, in maybe one tool, you know, and, and maybe that's exploring Twitter. Or maybe that's you know going on LinkedIn and, and endorsing a few people and, and uh, answering a few questions in the forum section and demonstrating your expertise. Uh, so, you know, one thing in this economy, uh, yes, we have limited time, but chances are we have uh, potentially more time than money. So uh, that's that's the point there. Uh, digging into to how to use these tools a little bit, uh, you know. Really, the key thing in here is that there's a global conversation happening, you know, and this is an opportunity for everybody to have a voice in that conversation. And that can seem a little overwhelming, but, you know, websites, uh, you know, more and more search engines, all sorts of things are helping us parse what's out there and get to, you know, the information that we really want to get to. Uh, you know, you don't think about it because they're ubiquitous, but, you know, the web would be practically unusable without search engines. You know, if you could just imagine trying to find something, you know, where do you, where's the first place you go? Uh, you know, so when you, uh, you know, go out there, uh, the, the key thing is joining the conversation. You know, it's not to say if, if you're resistant to social media within your organization or, or your bosses or your marketing team, whatever it is, uh, the resistance usually comes from the notion that, uh, you know, we don't, uh, we don't, want to engage in that or, or we don't, uh, you know, that's not important to us or, or nobody's, it's not relevant. Well, the fact is it is. There's a conversation happening. Depending on the industry you're in, uh, you know, especially if you're, uh, you know, in retail or something like that or, or just a, a high-profile brand, uh, I guarantee you there are people out there talking about you. And your best bet is to join that conversation. And there's a number of ways you can do that. Uh, you know, if, if people are out there uh, on blogs, you can comment on those blogs. You can do it through LinkedIn. Uh, you know, Google Alerts is a free tool that you can set up very easily to allow you to uh, just get an update. It'll send you an email every time somebody talks about your product or service. 
whatever it is. And it'll say where they were talking about it. So you can go, and, and that's another really uh, important thing to realize is that you know, this is about uh, creating communities. You know, this is about creating online communities, or even tribes, if you will, uh, that are connected uh, with forms of commonality that are not limited to geography. You know, so when you go out there, you know, kind of to some of Margie's points about what your mom told you, be respectful. Listen first, and that's, that's always the key thing. You know, listen, find out what they're talking about, find out what the etiquette is, you know, what, what, what's happening there, and then join the conversation. And, you know, even if it's somebody uh, talking negatively about your services, well, that's an opportunity, actually, to, to go out and have that conversation with those people on their turf. It's not uh, a burden, you know, you really have to look at it as, at as an opportunity. Um, you know, another really uh, great, uh, you know, facet of, of this is demonstrating credibility. And, you know, depending on, again, on the industry you're in, uh, you know, you may be doing that already. Maybe you did it with white papers before. That's, you know, white papers are no less relevant, but we now have many more channel channels uh, to get the word out and to talk to people about what we do. Uh, and that could be blogs, uh, and that could be through, you know, Twitter. Uh, I mentioned LinkedIn. I mean, I think one of the greatest things about LinkedIn is the forum section uh, where within a very spe specific uh, uh, group, uh, people will ask questions. You can go on. You can provide your answer, and then you get a very focused conversation, which is a challenge on the internet. I'm sure you notice many, <laughs> many unfocused conversations. Uh, with my personal experience with LinkedIn, they, they tend to be pretty focused. And, and it's a really good way, because uh, you can go in through your network and you can see you know, who's talking about what, what they've said, and get a, a pretty good glimpse into what kind of credibility they're, they're putting out there. And just, you know, it's again that thought leadership uh, piece. And, uh, you know, again, uh, I think Margie kind of mentioned this, but you know, be honest and and be transparent. I mean, that's what the real difference here uh, is is this focused on self and individual voice, and you know that's a that's a hard thing for a lot of companies to take, especially larger companies. Uh, but you know, there are some enormous companies really embracing this stuff. You know, Procter and Gamble comes to mind. Uh, you know, so it's about self-expression and that can be can be worrisome but you know again it's happening and it's where it's headed so I think the sooner uh, we embrace it the sooner we, we get out there and encourage uh, individual expression uh, you know the better off we'll be and but one really important thing to mention there is disclosure uh, when you're out there and you are talking about your brand or your company or, or whatever it is uh, you want to be sure to let people know who you represent and uh, one of the handouts actually in the back, I won't get into disclosure uh, because the Blog Council has put together a fantastic uh, document about, you know, uh, talking about disclosure and it's in the back of the room. You can, I highly encourage you to pick one up. It's, it's you know, it's, it's nine pages. It's pretty, pretty easy to read, but very, very uh, important as you go out there because as you all know, once you put something out on the internet, it's not so easy to take back. <laughs> uh, so, so that's that's kind of you know my overview of that, uh, and, and then just very briefly, I wanted to touch on what we're going to get into in the breakout sessions, um, uh, which is LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, and Facebook. Uh, I would guess that most of the people in the room have a LinkedIn account, but maybe don't know what to do with it. That's that's kind of the, the, the curse of LinkedIn. Uh, so Katie will Katie will give you some great pointers on that, uh, as well as Facebook. These are both very, very powerful social networking tools. 
uh, you know, Facebook growing to more than 200 million users in, in a very short period of time. Uh, Twitter, a, a much newer, uh, pretty fascinating piece of technology, I think, uh, you know, and, and maybe some of you are engaged with that. Uh, and Margie uh, is going to talk a lot about Twitter and, uh, and how you can use that as a, as a tool for, uh, you know, reaching out to people and, and getting lots of little pieces of information very quickly. Great. Andy, thank you very much. It's a great overview. And um, what I'm going to try to do now is a, a brief panel discussion. It's not going to be a long one, about 10 minutes. Um, and then we'll also take some questions from you all um, before we go into the breakout sessions. And we don't have a lot of time, so we're going to kind of keep it a little bit surgical here. I'm going to go um, actually ask the first question of Margie. Margie, how is social media engagement different for a corporate um, real estate end user than a service provider? I think it's as different as the roles are. Um, probably inter uh, end users' objectives and what they're trying to accomplish is going to be directly tied to driving profitability to the company's bottom line and to strategically executing the, the, the real estate strategy of the company. And so that's less of a sales job. It's not a direct, usually a direct new business development function. It's going to be related to those things, but it's not somebody going out and trying to build business for their firm. Whereas for a service provider, they may be very engaged in social media as a business building tool. So what I think that people should come away with is that whatever your career goals and whatever your the business goals and the goals of your group are, then think about how do I integrate social media into that. And for an end user, and is and now I'm looking at you, Rick, now that you've gone over to, the, to that it. side of things. <laughs> And, you know, I, I think that, again, like I said before, it's a huge misperception that only salespeople need to use social media. And so the important thing to remember in the difference is that it's a way to, you know, to think about your management goals and what you want to do with the people on your team and building relationships within your company and outside and developing, you know, a knowledge base, people who will know you because you executed a great program and something like that. You know, I think that's, that's really the difference. I think that's right. And go back to the point I was making earlier on. I mean, it's really about building a network. It's about finding ways of reaching out to people who you know and who you will know by continuing to try to learn more about these different uh, resources. Um, you know, I think, you know, depending on whether you're an end user um, or service provider and depending on your industry, you know, one or, or more of these may be uh, more effective. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what might be more effective for different industries, for different uses, for different... Actually, uh, one folks. like small addendum to that. I would say, sure. you know, it's, I think it's interesting that both Anna Marie and Andy brought up transparency and authenticity. And so, you know, something that social media social media allows you to do is to, you know, enact those things online in an online setting and say, okay, here's, you know, here it is. And when it's out there, it's out there, depending on the tool. And so thinking about all the aspects of management that you were talking about and the challenges that we're all up against in, you know, if you're managing a team of people that you know you're going to have to cut by 10% or, you know, just the very difficult things, think about how can I, you know, not only how do I do this from a traditional walk-around management standpoint, but how do I, how do I use new technology in it? Well, I think that's right. And actually, it's a, a great segue um, for Anna Maria. I'd like to ask you, um, how can managers use social media to motivate and maintain good relationships with their employees? Well, I think, first of all, it's obvious from your comments and what mm -hmm. we're seeing in everyday 
um, the, the, the hard media, the, you know, the, the print media even, this is a tool that becomes very important. If you're going to do business in the 21st century, you have to embrace it. So the question is, how do you embrace it in a way that's going to enhance performance, bind people together, and facilitate doing business? And we're all familiar with the concept of networking in the traditional sense. People who network effectively typically are good business people. So I would say what's important is establishing uh, and learning about the various um, media, social media um, tools that are out there to determine what's the best one for your particular company. And then, and that might be an excellent project, by the way, for people who really know more about it to embrace that and, and help establish the guidelines because I think what is important also is the rules of engagement around that in terms of what, what we do and what we don't do, which ones we use and what we don't use, to be consistent so that you can maximize the effectiveness. And to your point about, I, mean, I just want to say one part, Margie, about using other ways of connecting with people, and you used the example of reducing staff by 10%. I would hope you, you would combine that, but you certainly wouldn't. You know, it's kind of like getting the email. And right. I've actually heard of companies using, you know, cutting uh, staff by sending an email, which is totally inappropriate and not very sensitive. So. It's, it's using multiple methods. <laughs> Enhancing. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just have the Facebook right. through Facebook. No, no. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Not yeah, a good idea. Hit them with all media. Right. You know, all media. Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. But where it would be useful if you, if you have to do that is to provide good information as a follow-up. But there has to be sort of high-tech, high-touch. Yeah. And actually, that uh, brings up the point. I mean, how do you make sure that um, the social media doesn't... Um, create more problems than it solves when you're throwing wow. all these, all right. you know, That's the transparency, it's the rules of engagement, it's how do we use it, what do we do, what don't we do, how much workplace time is devoted to it versus, which it, I think both of you said it's addictive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that you, you have to, you, people have to do whatever their, their role is and not spend their time only on social media. So think before you think before you use it. Yes, and also it you know it really is important. I was when I was preparing for this, I noticed yesterday's Tribune. Did you all see there was a front page article on the importance of social networking for all of us? My NSNBC homepage on my computer came up with the importance of job search through social media. Mm -hmm. So it's really it's out there every day. Well, I mean. Business. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, um, you know, I've always seen, this even just goes back to email. It's not really, you know, LinkedIn or anything else, but um, just the idea that, um, you know, what you think you're communicating in these words, I mean, you know, is not necessarily the way they're going to be received. Um, you know, you hear your voice. You know, you can see the smile on your face, whatever, you know, your emotion. But when that sucker goes out there and you press send, you know, it can be taken all kinds of ways. And one of the things personally that I've, I've really tried to pull back on email communications just because, you know, you really can't control um, how that's going to be perceived. And you're, in some ways, you know, better off, you know, if you feel like you want to say something, go ahead and write it. Don't and then it. don't send don't it, right? <laughs> you know, just either, or just mm -hmm. cut it, you know, down by like you know eighty percent. Um, you know, I think in you know in some of these uh, you know media resources that Andy's talking about, I mean, it really is about expressing yourself. It's about building a brand. It's about um, you know throwing it out there. So I don't mean to be throwing cold water on that concept. I think that there is some value in that and, and sharing. Uh, just remember, as Andy I think correctly pointed out, that it is there for all time. You know, it's not coming back. You can't feel that way one day and then uh, reel it back. Um, 
I think there's a question in the audience. Uh, reminds me of a course I had when I started working called uh, Writing for Business. And uh, this is way back in the 70s, the old days. And at that time, it, uh, it was when you write something, if you have the luxury of time, yeah. let it sit for two days before you send it out. And it sounds like, despite the new media and all the, the, the shiny new things, the toys that are in baubles mm -hmm. that are out there, like Andy referred to, a lot of the old rules, the writing etiquette that all thinking first. This is where you get the clash, though, because now it's a real-time world, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's very, very hard to apply those types of things. Well, you, 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 you do. You, you do, and I think it's just, you know, you've got to find a way to sort of mesh these two worlds of, you know, one, wanting to communicate, um, but on the other hand, realizing that, um, you know, it may, a little more thought um, in terms of how that, that message is going to be received well, or that expression is yeah. going to be uh, perceived. I think you can shortcut some of the time by asking someone else to read it or one or two it's other people idea. to read it and it's say, read idea. it from the, you know, the, think to the audience mm -hmm. and how is this likely to be received because I, to your point about so much being lost in the written word, I think it's very critical, especially when we're so time sensitive. Yeah. You know, just to, to weigh in on this, one thing that, that we tell our clients is think about what is the best way to communicate this piece of information. And many times, email's not the best way. It's, it's a phone conversation. But in some cases, social media will be the best way to communicate a piece of information. If you have a white paper to share, you know, you're not going to call somebody up and say, hey, I'd really like you to read my white paper. You know, it kind of puts them on the spot. <laughs> um, but a way to share that and a way to share it with a larger group instead of, you know, picking up your phone and calling everybody. I'm using that as an extreme example. But, you know, and calling everybody in your Rolodex and saying, hey, I'd really like you to read my white paper. You know, to put it out there, put it, you know, link to it from your blog, put it on your website, tweet about it on Twitter, you know, tell people about it on LinkedIn. Maybe while you're writing it, put your status on LinkedIn as I'm working on a white paper about new green technology or whatever your subject of choice is. You know, there's, there's an appropriate method for, the, for your message, and it, it's part of the learning curve about learning about social media is realizing what's the highest and best use for this forum. And it's going to be, you know, th there are certain things that the best way to do it is in a blog because Twitter's 140 characters that you have to get your message out there just isn't going to cut it. You know, but then you can send people to your blog by using Twitter to send them to your blog. And so, uh, but in some cases, if it's a difficult message or if it's tricky or if you're worried about how it's going to be perceived or, or received on the other end, then maybe there's something that you do need to communicate by making 30 phone calls and doing it live or having lunch with a series of people. You know, it's using not just common sense, but, you know, kind of 21st century common sense. What's, what's really going to do this effectively? That's a good point. It's interesting that uh, blogging is already almost feeling like a leisurely form of public publishing compared to things like Twitter. I know some bloggers, you know, write the week's worth of posts or, or most of them on a weekend and then and then they have time to actually edit before they post it. So, mm -hmm. you know, even some mm -hmm. blogs you see weren't weren't necessarily just written off the cuff, you know. Uh, yeah. Twitter, it is a little more real time, you know. Uh, but it's by nature. Right. Yeah. Uh, well actually Andy, um, you know, it's a good uh, good tee up for uh, this, uh, this question, and that is, you know, we're going to be talking more about LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter later. Mm -hmm. RG's going to cover Twitter, going to cover 
um, LinkedIn, Facebook. There are other resources out there. There's other systems. Um, what other uh, resources should be on our radar screens as we uh, as we move forward? I want to know where the button is too. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in a box. Um, there are innumerable uh, resources, and and they're growing each day. They're changing every day. Uh, you know, I it, I think. There's some expectation I might know them all. I certainly don't even know them all. <laughs> you know, there, there are thousands. Oh, say it ain't so. Oh, I know. No. There, there are thousands. Uh, you know, the, the, the really important ones do bubble to the top, and, and usually that's a, the gauge is how many millions of people are using it, right? Uh, and what we're forming are, are these tribes, you know, these, these online communities. Um, but what's really interesting to me is that uh, we're actually seeing uh, since you know, these tools are free and it's easy to create an entire, uh, you know, social network using something like Ning.com. You can literally set up something sort of akin to Facebook uh, within about five minutes for anything. So these we're, we're talking about micro communities. Uh, you know, it, it'd be maybe a, a community for, you know, cancer survivors in a very rural community in, in Nebraska or something. I mean, that's what this technology allows us to do. And, and it brings people together uh, in ways that, that, you know, wasn't necessarily possible before because you, I mean, how would you even connect to people that were down the street? Um, so, uh, you know, the, there are those types of technologies. Uh, you know, we're also seeing a, a, a tremendous growth in the reputation and commenting uh, world. You know, this is something, I mean, Amazon really kicked off way back in 95, and, and still if you want, you know, a book review or something like that, that's a great place to go. Uh, but we're seeing that, you know, things like Yelp for the brick and mortar storefronts, uh, you know, things like GoHuman.com, which is actually a project I'm involved in uh, for individual services. And, you know, so it's really a, a, a lot of growth in that. And that gets into the whole credibility, reputation, uh, you know, field. Uh, and this, I guess the last one I'll throw out there are our blogs. I mean, we've, we've mentioned it a few times, uh, but it won't be covered in, in these panels specifically. So, you know, I. Yeah, blogs can be very overwhelming because there are millions of them. Uh, mm -hmm. Choose one or two, you know, and, and maybe just check it out every couple of days. You'll you'll probably learn a lot about a very specific industry and, and you know something that you want to know more about. Right, and um, and LinkedIn, for example, has blogs that you can plug into um, within that within that yeah. system. A absolutely, and that's you know a really good point. I, it, just that you know there are. There's this convergence of, of all of these forces. Uh, you know, w w you know there are more than 250,000 applications on Facebook. You know, so <laughs> Facebook actually becomes something that people can. You know, you're not limited by what Facebook wants you to do. You you can build an application and do whatever you want to do and tap into that social network. Uh, Twitter, it's it's unbelievable the creativity uh, that people exhibit when creating things that access the Twitter community. And there's just all these different ways of, of aggregating, you know, the feeds and, and you know, repurposing them and creating little con mini conversations. Yeah. And, and, and it's like new that. and it's evolving, so it's probably going to continue go. to change over time. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Margie's going to get into that. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a, sort of a vast world out there in terms of what the resources are. And as you say, some of these have risen to the top and become, you know, somewhat, you know, common in our parlance. We may not know exactly how to use them effectively, but at least we sort of know the names, which are the ones we're going to cover today for the most part. Um, are you aware of any resources that um, sort of provide a nice overview of the various options and how they can best be used and for what and what strategies um, might have been effective? I mean, sort of a, 
a nice uh, a nice source to to you know after this um, presentation for the folks to go back and kind of take a look and, and maybe um, you know crystallize some of some of the thinking. Absolutely. Uh, one of the handouts again uh, that will be uh, in, related to the presentation that, that Katie's giving uh, is an article uh, that was in the New York Times last um, fall, and it really gives a great overview of you know how how these forces are converging, and, and it talks about ambient awareness and you know the idea that you know it's it's more about learning you know little pieces of, of a lot of people, little pieces of information you know about from a lot of people uh, that that help you. You know, one thing I don't know if it's been mentioned, but none of this is certainly a replacement, you know, for uh, for in-person in, in direct, direct communication. Um, uh, you know, that's not the implication, but what it what it I think allows is the ability to you know dig deeper and learn more about people. Uh, so that article kind of gets into that. Um, you know, I really uh, and and I know it. You know, we don't need one more thing to do on our plates, uh, so to speak. So I'm not going to say go go and read a bunch of blogs. Uh, this is something we talk about on our blog, aztecblog.com, uh, and a number of other blogs. There's certainly some some major industry players in the social media world. You know, Seth Godin, uh, Andy Cernovitz, Guy Kawasaki, um, and actually, you know, if, if if reading blogs takes too long, uh, Twitter is a really great way to get little snippets of information about what's happening. And I, I know in Margie's handout, uh, there's a fantastic resource about a lot of great people to follow on Twitter. Um, beyond that, I mean, really, the the reason it's hard to to pinpoint one source. I mean, certainly there's a great Wikipedia article on social media. You could kind of yeah, get an Wikipedia. overview. Mm -hmm. um, generally a good place to start with almost anything. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think it really depends on your industry. It depends on what tool you're trying to use. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And so it's, it's hard to pinpoint one sure. resource that, that you know, gets sure. just Just to plug that handout that you just re <laughs> <laughs> referred to, in, um, in the Twitter session, my colleague Paige Holden and I have put together a list of people that suggestions of people to follow on Twitter and a lot of those same people are good social media resources and we've provided not only um, not only social media experts but also people in this industry who we suggest that you start with that will be more relevant to the business that we're in it's one thing that we always as a firm in our you know in, in our learning curve with social media what we have tried to do is apply it to business to business communications because it's one of the main things that makes people skittish about social media is well this is just this is just between friends or this isn't serious or this is just a way to promote coca-cola or something like that what does this have to do with thought leadership or consulting or real estate or architecture or fill in the blank of your business and you know, it, it can, it is relevant, and um, and I think between Andy's handouts and my handouts, the, there will be some very tangible places to start. Thank you, Margie. And I, I guess as sort of a final thought here before we go into questions, because I think we're, we're probably running uh, low on time. Um, you know, I think, you know, one of the things coming out at this is, you know, it's, it's not one size fits all. I mean, there's a lot of options out there, and, you know, what works for one person is not going to work for everybody. Um, but I think what we're, we're saying is, you know, it's, it's the time to try some new things here. It's, it's time to try some new, um, uh, some new resources, um, see what works, see what fits, talk to your friends about what they're doing, um, your colleagues about what they're doing, where they're getting traction. Um, I, I personally um, have not used Twitter. Um, I've used LinkedIn, <laughs> and um, I, you know, know a lot about Facebook from other people. Um, <laughs> 
you know, linked, LinkedIn, um, I'm still trying to figure out. You know, I finally got, you know, uh, sort of the gumption to put a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, names and contacts in the system and send them out. And I was very pleasantly surprised by the I response yes. I got. Did you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, it is one of those things that you kind of inch toward. I mean, I've had the LinkedIn account for a long time, but I never used it. And it isn't until, you know, just recently that I decided, you know, I'm going to, Take a take another shot at this and see what's out there and how it might be useful. And um, I am more and more of the mind that there really is some opportunity there. You just have to take the time, as uh, Andy was saying, you know, to to learn more about it, figure out what works, figure out what doesn't. And I think as this thing is or these um, resources have evolved, you're going to be able to plug into strategies that have worked and have been successful.